Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rosa, and welcome to another episode of the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's gaming news, and we all learn an Xbox-related fun fact together. This show is on podcast services around the world, so please subscribe on your favorite and leave a review. Xboxin10.com, no numbers, is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles, which you can follow at Xboxin10. To start, let's talk game releases. The big games out last week were Two Point Hospital, Hunt Showdown, and the Bayonetta and Vanquish HD Remaster. The games coming out this week, and there are a lot, include Game Barry Super Strikers, Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind, Two Point Hospital, Wasteland Remastered, Ark Survival Evolved Genesis, Mega Man Zero ZX Legacy Collection, Soccer Tactics and Glory, Hay Fever, Sayonara Wild Hearts, One Finger Death Punch 2, House Flipper, The Seals, Castle of No Escape 2, Samurai Showdown DLC character Mina Majinka, Yakuza 0, One Punch Man, A Hero Nobody Knows, Stab Stab Stab, Bucket Knight, Spartan Fist, and Blood Roots. And now a few updates for Xbox Game Pass. Coming soon to Xbox Game Pass for console. On February 20th, Ninja Gaiden 2. February 25th is Kingdom Hearts 3, Two Point Hospital, and Wasteland Remastered. February 26th is The Accused of Zero. And February 27th is Jackbox Party Pack 3. Coming soon to Xbox Game Pass for PC includes Indivisible, Reigns Game of Thrones, Two Point Hospital, Wasteland Remastered, and Yakuza 0. Now to last week's biggest news stories, and we have seven to cover this week. Number one, Halo Infinite's new line of Nerf guns indicate that weapon skins are returning. Matthew Olson at US Gamer writes, At least in the toy aisle, Halo Infinite will follow in the footsteps of Fortnite with a new line of Nerf blasters modeled after iconic UNSC and Covenant weaponry. While that may be music to cost-conscious cosplayers' ears, the announcement also suggests that Halo Infinite will support different color schemes for your in-game arsenal. The three new Halo-themed Nerf blasters were unveiled at GameSpot. The big-ticket item is a replica of Halo's MA-40 assault rifle, a battery-powered blaster that retails for $50 and comes equipped with a 10-dart clip. Two smaller blasters modeled after the Covenant Needler, and oddly enough, Halo's massive two-barrel SPKNR rocket launcher will retail for $10 each. Of the set, only the MA-40 is confirmed to include a code that will unlock the Nerf's replica color scheme in Halo Infinite. This is the first we've heard about customization options for Infinite's set of weapons. So far, 343 Industries has only discussed Infinite's Spartan Armor customization options, which it promises will please fans who like the amount of choice in Halo Reach. Reach was the last mainline Halo game made by Bungie, and the last to not feature any options for customizing player weapons. 343 added weapon skins in 2012's Halo 4, and the amount of skins on offer for your arsenal were greatly expanded in Halo 5 Guardians via the rec card system. A weird news story to start with as it's about nerf guns, which do look pretty cool, but it does give us some insight that weapon skins will be back in Halo Infinite. Number 2. Microsoft Flight Simulator will include all airports on Earth. Jordan Serrani at IGN writes, 2020's Microsoft Flight Simulator will include all airports on Earth, ranging from countryside airports to international airports, according to developer Asobo Studio. A total number of airports were not disclosed, though according to the CIA, as of 2013 there were over 40,000 airports in the world. As detailed on YouTube, the studio manually edited 37,000 of those airports to ensure accuracy, from the size and surface material of the runway to the precise location of the plane's parking spots. Not all airports have been given the same amount of attention. The 80 most played and busiest airports are more detailed according to Asobo. These airports feature official names for taxiways and more accurate surface definition. An even higher tier dubbed the most iconic airports in the development video have been dressed up to reach a new level of realism in flight simulation. These airports feature unique building and props matching reality and terraform landscapes that nest the airports in their real environment. 
This game just blows my mind every time I've seen it, and I've never played a flight simulator game, so I'm very excited to check it out this year. Number 3. Sea of Thieves update makes opening ashen crates much easier. Mark Delaney at GamesRadar writes, The latest Sea of Thieves update is out now and amid waves of changing to all kinds of areas. One particular change will delight achievement hunters. The random elements of discovering and opening ashen crates have been drastically improved, making 24 achievements and their related cosmetics much easier to obtain. It was a few months ago when Rare began to add tomes to the game. These mystical books come in many forms, always in groups of five. Tomes of Power, Tomes of Curses, Tomes of Fire, and today's latest set, Tomes of Resurrection. Selling them to Duke nets you new Ashen Dragon cosmetics and unlocks an achievement for each tome, of which there are now a total of 20, in addition to four achievements to unlocking a whole set of five. You may only find them inside Ashen chests, which themselves aren't hard to find, you could always buy an Ashen Chest Stash Voyage from Duke. You may find them in the open world, and you were guaranteed to find one in every fort. The problem was the Ashen Keys you needed to open them to get the tomes inside. They were extremely rare, and other than also being guaranteed to include one at every fort vault, there was no reliable way to find an Ashen Key. You had to stumble on them, either by fishing or by defeating randomly spawned Ashen Key Masters. They were a pain, but starting today, they aren't. Well, I'm sure this update makes a lot more sense to the active Sea of Thieves community. It doesn't make too much sense to me, as I still have never gone back and played, but happy for all the fans out there. Number 4. Rainbow Six Siege confirmed for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X. Chris Priestman and IGN writes, Ubisoft has confirmed that Rainbow Six Siege will be available on next-gen consoles. Roy DeVal, the game's product manager, made the announcement yesterday on the final day of the Six Invitational 2020 playoffs in Quebec, Canada. He was invited onto a panel to talk about the major changes that will be introduced to Siege over Year 5 and Year 6, across 2020 and 2021 essentially. In particular, he addressed why Ubisoft will only be releasing one new operator per season, instead of the usual two from Year 5, Season 3, and beyond. Quote, when we look at the amount of stuff that the team can work on today, there's no doubt that this is the right choice to go into the future with full confidence for Rainbow Six Siege, DelVal said. This is allowing us to do a lot of things. It is allowing us to have a core gameplay-focused philosophy to dive deeper into those aspects. It's allowing us to polish a little bit more of our operators, the operators that we're going to be bringing into the roster are 50 plus operators that we have today. And this is a bit of a soft announcement, he continued, but it's allowing us to work for next gen, so we are on next gen in the coming years, end quote. No data as to when Rainbow Six Siege will launch on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X has been given yet, but Ubisoft is aiming for the launch of those consoles. The developer also wants to avoid fragmenting the community and told Windows Central that the next gen versions of the game will have cross gen generation multiplayer with the PS4 and Xbox One. Siege is unfortunately a game that I couldn't get into, to me the combat is too slow, but I totally understand why it's so popular and why everyone likes it, it's just not for me. Number 5. PUBG update allows Xbox One and PS4 players to party up together. John Carey at True Achievements writes, Limited crossplay for PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds between Xbox One and PS4 was previously introduced in an update back in October. Now, Update 6.2 allows friends from both consoles to party up and jump into the action together. Update 6.2 featuring crossplay is currently only live on the PUBG public test server, so if you're itching to try it out with your pals, you can do so right away. Just be aware that player data, including statistics, does not carry over when playing on the server. The friends list in PUBG has received a rework, now you can search for players from both platforms and add them to your party via their Xbox Live Gamer Tag or PSN name. At the moment, there has been no word on whether PC will also be getting this feature, allowing them to play alongside console players. Every time another big game gets cross-platform play, it is a big win for all of us gamers. Now we just need to make cross-save way more popular. Number 6. Fortnite Chapter 2's new season is all about secret agents and well-muscled cats. 
Andrew Webster at The Verge writes, Fortnite's latest season is shaken, not stirred. After months of waiting, the second season of Fortnite Chapter 2 is finally here, and it introduces a secret agent theme to the Battle Royale game. That includes new top-secret hideouts scattered across the island, more stealth gameplay features like decoy grenades, and secret passages, as well as the usual assortment of new characters and skins to unlock if you purchase this season's Battle Pass. The Battle Pass skins include the likes of Peely the Banana in a Tuxedo, a cat henchman named Meowsles, who can make his pecs dance, and a man with golden hands. Deadpool is also the latest licensed superhero to join Fortnite's cast, though it's not clear yet how to unlock him. There's some interesting new twists when it comes to character customization. Season 2 introduces two factions, Ghost and Shadow, and you can unlock a variant version for each of the new characters by completing missions. However, you can only unlock the variant from one faction and your choice is permanent. So you really have to think hard if you want a white or black muscle cat. Similarly, there's a new character called Maya, you can customize 10 different aspects of her appearance, including clothing, hairstyle, and even tattoos and face paint. It's a big shift for Fortnite, which historically has only featured pre-made character skins. Epic also says there will be a new limited time mode based on the theme, which will include things like infiltrating bases and taking on henchmen. Not coincidentally, yesterday Epic Games also provided some details on changes coming to the Team Rumble mode in Season 2, which includes welcome additions like better quality weapons and unlimited glider redeployment. This new season also means more content and options for creative mode. Always really cool to see how Epic Games iterates upon Fortnite. I have not consistently played Fortnite since the early days, but I totally understand why everyone loves it and why it's as big as it is. Personally, if I'm going to play a Battle Royale game right now, I just want to go play Call of Duty Blackout. At number 7, Burnout Spiritual Successor Dangerous Driving getting a sequel in 2020. Hope Corrigan at IGN writes, Not even a year after the Burnout Spiritual Successor Dangerous Driving was released, Refields Entertainment has announced the sequel Dangerous Driving 2 will release on PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch sometime during 2020's holiday season. It boasts an open world where players can choose between racing against AIs and preset races, or by just driving around and seeing what kind of mayhem they can get into. Dangerous Driving 2 will also let players go into it alone in solo mode or play with others with both split screen and online multiplayer. I was a huge fan of Burnout Revenge and Burnout 3 Takedown on the original Xbox. I never got a chance to play Dangerous Driving, although I would love for it to come in Game Pass because I will absolutely jump in. As always, we end our show with a fun fact about Xbox, and this one is how the Halo franchise got into toys. Credit to John Kiefer at The Escapist Magazine in which he wrote this article on February of 2016. Since the Halo franchise launched in 2001, there have been games, books, and live-action films and toys. A deal with Mattel is going to expand the action figure line even further. The Halo franchise has generated more than $5 billion in revenue since Halo Combat Evolved launched in 2001. That includes not only the games, but books, consumer products, and toys. A new deal between 343 Industries and Mattel allows the toy giant to offer fully licensed Halo products, including Mega Bloks and action figures. I currently don't have any Halo merch. But maybe that will change with the exciting release of Halo Infinite later this year. Thank you all for listening to the Xbox and 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast service, share it with your friends, and follow on all social media at Xbox and 10. This past week, I jumped into the Bleeding Edge beta, and I really, really enjoyed my time with it. It is very team dependent, so you will definitely have to get a group together to play with. My name is Brandon Rosa. You can follow me on Xbox at Brosa93. I hope you all have a great week and keep on gaming.